Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Okay, um, good afternoon everybody. This is Dr. Rail, and today we're going to talk about how to recognize um, triangulation and how to get out of the middle of it. And triangulation basically is when one person, if you think of a triangle, and so you have one person at the top of the triangle, and then two people are involved in the other two, on the other two angles of the triangle. And the one person at the top of the triangle is the dominant person. They're the, they're the manipulator person. So what they're trying to do is triangulate two people um, into, you know, something for themselves or um, to give them support or validate. And this will especially happen when the person who is at the top does not feel comfortable talking to directly to one of the other people about what's going on. So say I have a problem with um, you know, um, person, person A, and I don't want to talk to person A and let person A know how I feel for any number of reasons. Um, so I will get person B involved in the situation um, and talk to person B about person A, and maybe person A or B will... You know, they're, they're probably hopefully going to validate me or support me or even go to person A and tell person A what the problem is. Um, there's other ways or reasons that people can, can do this. And triangulation can be that a person um, intends to create tension or conflict. Um, maybe person at the top is friends with both of the other people, but they want <clears throat> they want to be the main important friend. They want to be the the best friend. And if they feel like the other person maybe likes you know the other two people in the triangle are getting along better, they may do things to manipulate or to interfere in the relationship with the other two people. Um, sometimes it is because they feel like they're um, they're not loved or they're not cared for. So they'll create situations to prove to themselves that the other person loves them. Um, and this is this can be a really difficult one. Um, sometimes, like in relationships or marriages, um, they'll do things to make the other spouse jealous because when the other spouse becomes jealous, it becomes kind of a drama and eventually, you know, they're, you know, why are you doing this to me? You know, I love you. You know, I care about you. And that's what they they want. Um, they may also do it to raise their self-esteem. If they're talking about other people or putting other people down, they're feeling better about themselves. Um, they may want to devalue other people or they might want to, um, as we talked about before, just keep potential competitors off balance. So there's a lot of reasons that people do to um, triangulate. But the one thing they all have in common is 
they feel insecure or they're overwhelmed and are unwilling to manipulate and and they're willing to manipulate other than hurtful ways. Um, They want to get more attention. They want to sabotage a relationship or they want to feel safe in a relationship. So we've all probably at one time or another, especially in middle school, because you see it most often in junior high um, with kids. But if, unfortunately, if, if middle school kids don't learn to stop triangulating, they grow up to be triangulating adults. Or if they don't learn to not be a victim or not get caught up in that, they might find themselves, even in adulthood, getting caught up in all kind of family drama, work drama, friend drama, organizational drama, any drama. So, you know, the the goal is to recognize that, that we've all been there. We've all triangulated. We've all manipulated in some way. And we've also been the victims of triangulation. I don't know anybody who hasn't ever been the victims of triangulation. And what is really interesting is that many times when people do a lot of triangulation, they're also the victims of it. And so, you know, it's really important to realize um, what triangulation is and, and how to prevent it. Now, let me clarify that by saying that triangulation is not the same as getting a mediator. Sometimes if you have a problem and you don't know how to solve it, you just simply don't know how to solve it, or you've tried everything that you can, you know, you you go to somebody else and you say, you know, I'm really having a problem with such and such, and and I I really need help, you know, on, on what to do or how to solve the problem. That's not triangulation. That's a true admission that, you know, you need help because you don't know how to resolve the problem. So... You know, I don't want people to feel like, ooh, I, don't, I can't go to anybody because I'll be triangulating. Triangulation is, a, is an atten- intentional act. You do that with a goal in mind. You want something out of it and not help necessarily, but you, you really want something else out of it, uh, usually something not very nice. Um, so other things that um, you can do is, You know, when you go to a third party to complain about somebody, when you compare two people and, you know, we as blind people have gotten that so often. Well, I have a blind friend and and he knows how to do such and such, but you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or, you know, we compare ourselves to each other, but more often we find ourselves being compared to other people. Well, your brothers and sisters don't do it that way. How can you do? Um, or things yeah, like that. Excuse me. This is weird. Um, I want to know, like, you know, I have a hard time during this, um, during this virus. And if I were to ask someone, like, if I were to say, "Hey, I'm having such a hard time with this virus," would it be bad for me to say, like, "Hey, can you please help me? I'm feeling a little stressed." Um, go ahead, Jesse. Yeah, we need to continue with this, and then we'll get to questions, okay? Okay. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Um, so there may be times that you invite other people into a an equation, you know, again, to get your own needs met, um, trying to drive a wedge between other people. Um, 
using threats of exclusion. Well, if you don't take my side, you know, I won't have anything to do with you. Um, it, it could also be that, that you're gossiping about other people. A lot of people don't realize that gossip is nothing more than triangulation. When you find yourself talking about somebody else or, you know, uh, especially when it really is either not quite true or it's exaggerated. So some ways that you can get yourself out of triangulation or, or not do it yourself is first of all to realize what it is. Recognize what it is. Um, and, and you can even ask the person, you know, what do you want when you're talking to me about such and such? Or what do you want when you're doing such and such? Be specific about what it is that they're doing and figure out what do they want. Um, if it's, well, I want you to take my side. Or, well, I want you to know how I feel because she, you know, something like that, then it's probably triangulation. Um, the one thing that you can do is simply refuse to participate. Just refuse to do it. You can say, now, I'm not going to talk about that person with you. If you have something to tell them, maybe you tell them yourself. Um, recently, I found myself in a situation, and a, a friend of mine kept telling me to, or wanting me to tell another friend about her situation. And, you know, she was perfectly able to do it herself. Um, she was talking to other people. I was like, if you want your friend to know about your situation, then you need to tell her, well, but you talk to her more than I do. Well, that's not my problem. If you want her to know about your situation, you tell her, because I'm not going to be the go-between between you two. Um, my relationship with you is one thing. My friendship with her is another thing. And you have to decide what your relationship is. So, you know, just refuse to participate. Just don't, don't get involved. Uh, the next thing that you can do is confront their behavior. When they talk to you about such and such or complain to you, you can say, you know, have you talked to that person about that? And they may say, well, yeah, I've tried. Well, maybe you need to resolve that, you know, between those two. But, but please don't get me in the middle. It's okay just to say don't get me in the middle. I don't want to be in the middle. Um, you can also, if, if they tell you that they haven't talked to that person, then that's definitely when you want to say, well, you know, talk to them, not me. Um, you can also, if you're not sure, you can ask whether the person is just venting, because they could be. They could just really have had a bad experience and just need to get it off their chest. Or they can ask you what they want you to do. Um if they want you to just listen, that's, that's one thing. Although, you could find yourself going down a, a road that you don't want to go. So, think about that very carefully. You don't have to listen to everything just because somebody wants you to hear it. Um, but if they want you to get involved somehow or correct the problem or, you know, exclude the, the other person, then that's triangulation. Um, if you do decide to help them. Say you decide that, you know, I, I will talk to both of you. I will get both of you together and, and talk to you both. Don't talk to one person and then go to the other person, because then you're going to get into a triangulation thing. Get both people together and say, you know, I'm bringing you together because um, I, I feel that there's a lot of stress and 
um, the the other person asked me to kind of resolve it. So the only way I know to do that is um, to get everybody together and we can all figure out what's going on. And um, then avoid evaluative station, a statement like you did this or you should have done that or you could have done that. But just focus on the description of the specific behaviors. Um, and then you can ask, you know, why, why do you think that we all think the way we do? Why does each of us feel or think the way we do? And try to get involved. I mean, try to get, get people to talk about that. Um, make sure that the two people who are having the big problem talk to each other directly, though. Uh, you don't want to put words in either of the person's mouths or, um, you know, make, make statements that may or may not be accurate. You just want to kind of get them together. And anytime you get in a situation where, um, you know, sometimes people come to you and they'll say, you know, such and such is always talking about you. They're always saying this or that about you. And, and I just really think you should know that. Uh, you might say, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you and, and that person together because then you'll know whether the person is just saying that to, you know, hurt your feelings or lie or whatever, or um, whether the person is, in fact, talking about you. Because if you get all three people together, it's a little harder to, to wiggle out of it. Um, but basically, you want to know, you know, what, what is going on. And you don't want to always have to have other people on your side. Uh, it, it's a lot about feeling free and mature enough to stand up for yourself and, you know, be okay with, with who you are. And then you won't have as much of a need to triangulate or gossip or devalue other people. So now we can open it up for questions. Are there any raised hands, Lynn? All right. I am looking. <laughs> okay. Beth, you may unmute. Hello there, Jesse. Hello, how are you? Pretty good. You good. were saying that it, it starts in middle school. That's very interesting. Um sometimes um the particular person I'm thinking about um sometimes it could be I guess it could have started from middle school, but it could be among two parents. Like if those people get divorced and they don't want the children to have a relationship with the other parent. Oh, absolutely. That's a good time for triangulation. And um, things can come up. Oh, you're like your dad. You're as mean as he is. Or you're like your mom. You're as, you're as you know, as domineering as she is. Or You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But they... That happened in in my family a lot, and we didn't know how to break through that. But um, my mom was married several times, and um, in other words, she tried to play me and my sister, well, play us against my dad. Mm-hmm. And um, and the other two, the other two kids as well. She tried to play them. She didn't want them to have a relationship with their fathers. And then uh, she did the same thing with the grandchildren. Now, the grandchildren think she's a saint. Oh, grandma could do nothing wrong, you know. But um, they didn't see how manipulative she was. And and, uh, 
one of the ways that she was manipulative was she would buy them things that their their own children couldn't afford, you know, and it was like something like, well, your mom, I care about you. I value you or I care about you more than your mother does because I can buy you this and I can buy you this brand new laptop or this brand new whatever you want, you know, and um, and the kids felt very resentful of their the grandchildren would feel very resentful of their of their parents. Well, you don't buy me the stuff that grandma does. And uh, I don't know, it's just a weird generational thing. Yeah, it can be very difficult when it is in, in families. And, you know, very often when people have a pattern of this behavior, they take it from one level to the next. You know, they took it from you kids or she took it from you kids, uh, separating you, trying to separate you from your father to the grandkids trying to separate them from their parents. And the whole goal is that she feels very insecure, that she doesn't really feel appreciated until she does something that forces somebody to take her side of it or, or, or come to her. You know, I'll buy you a really big gift. And even if it's for 15 minutes, that can be enough to... Um, help them appreciate it. And so the way to have stopped it, and of course you didn't know this at the time, so you can't do anything now, but the way to have stopped it would be to have said, um, um, in the case of, of the parents and the children, is for the children to have been able to say, you know, well, I love both of you and I'm not taking sides. And I'm going to do what I can to have contact with both of you. Of course, kids don't necessarily know that. You know, they don't know that they can say that um, unless they go to counseling or somebody tells them or something or they figure it out for themselves. And and, and the way to stop it from grand, grandparents is, is to set limits, um, which can be really, really difficult. But obviously you can't do anything about it now. You know, sometimes what's done is. Me, me and my oldest daughter are both going to family well to counseling in different in different places but uh, what really f- kind of freaks me out is that the idea that my mother was so opposed to family counseling she did not want it right oh no we don't have a mental illness and uh, you know i guess and my daughter can't figure it out either and the only thing i told her was well no um, many the only thing I've told her was that uh, I guess back then it was supposed to be what happens in families stays in families. I don't know. I can't figure it out either. Yeah, I mean, you know, some people are very opposed to counseling. They don't think there's anything wrong with what they're doing or their behavior. So they aren't going to change it. And we really can't make other people change. We just have to focus on how we're going to deal with it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, do we have other questions? Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Uh, Karen, you may now unmute. Hey, Jesse. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I am good, thanks. Okay. Um, the topic, um, what I'm going to say might not be directly related, but I think it's somehow di- related. For me, I'm a privacy nut, and um, maybe 
overly so. And I find that most people will repeat things that you tell them. And so I'm very careful about it because I don't want my business, for one, being misconstrued in a triangulation or, um, you know, when I speak to someone, I just expect that we're speaking one-on-one. Benjamin Franklin, who's one of my faves, said that if for three people to keep a secret, two have to be dead. So (laughs) that's probably true. Right. So um, I'm not sure if this exactly ties in with what you're saying, but people do need to communicate with one another directly, even Mm -hmm. if it's difficult. Mm -hmm. And um, and and if someone tells me something to tell you, I might unknowingly not. Re- it was like when you're a kid and you play the game telephone. We played it in elementary school way back when, and 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 by the time the initial um, sentence got to the end of the line of students, it was changed. So oh, um, exactly. And, and you're right. exactly right. I mean, and you're doing the right thing. You're just simply refusing to participate, which is really the best thing to do. Because if you do too much off, then you can get yourself in a in another in another bind. Right, right. So, so you're just cho- choosing to refuse to participate, and that's good. Absolutely. I may not be open enough with some people, but it takes a while for me to trust people and to open up. And, and there's nothing uh, wrong with that. Right. No. And my other point is, um, is recently someone said to me, you can tell me, I won't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And in turn, she started talking about other people. So I knew right then and there, there was, you know, a, definitely a privacy issue. Well, that's a good clue too, because you can rest assured if if you are if you're involved with somebody, even your best friend, and they're talking to you about other people, they're talking to other people about you. Right. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It's unfortunate. My dad was in the navy, and he always said the term "loose lips sink ships." So (laughs) we 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 um, grew up with a different. motto i guess mm-hmm. so anyway thank you for all you do you're welcome and thank you for sharing you're welcome all right mark you may unmute thank you lynn uh sure. long time long time no here from the previous group um but um <laughs> <laughs> but hi jesse um hello hi um a couple of things and i think there were some good points you know um the idea of bringing the two people together, if you're able to do that, um, a lot of times will sound like a good one. I, I remember I had a problem with um, a friend of mine. Um, she was just not, there was something that really irritated her about me, and I wasn't sure what it was. And um, so a mutual friend of ours said to me, do you want me to, you know, I'm willing to talk to both of you only to kind of, get some clarification and it's true because if you're you know that person who is neutral um will be able to oh this is really what's being said and this is how you're interpreting it 
and vice versa. Um, and it may be totally different from what you thought or from what you heard. Um, and uh, so I think that's, that's valuable. Um, and um, yeah. And another red flag is that, Oh, you can tell me. And then that person starts talking about mm-hmm. you. That's like, if that isn't a red flag, I don't know what it is. It's like, yeah. Um, um, now there is another way of looking at it. And um, if you're on one of the other sides of this um, and you have to kind of be careful because um, um, I remember living in an apartment building, my roommate and I were there and I simply could not stand our landlady. I thought she was pushy. I thought she was obnoxious. I thought she was, um, you know, um, too shallow, too invested in looks. There were a lot of things she kind of was worldly, but there were a lot of basic things that she just didn't know. Um, And she couldn't, she was impossible to communicate with, you know, she always had negative. And I kept pointing that out to my roommate who apparently had a crush on her. And he finally said to me, I don't want you talking about her badly about her in front of enough because it doesn't buy anything for me. And I'm thinking, why do you have to have a business relationship? And I didn't say anything, but I felt kind of resentful. You know, I felt like I was being ganged up on by both of them. So there's another way of looking at that too. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, those are the points that I'd like to make. Yeah, and, you know, that's what happens when you get three people together. There's there's one person who, even if it starts out seemingly okay, there's one person who's going to walk away probably feeling like they were ganged up on or that it was intentional. Um, So you you really have to be very careful. Certainly felt that way, yeah. Yeah, Um, and the best policy is to just figure out a way to deal with it or talk to that person who is the seeming problem well and finally i did there was one point where um i was going out somewhere and she saw me and the first thing she said to me was not hello or anything but i don't know what you did with your hair mark but you missed okay and i just lashed out at her um i just said you 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 know and um of course later i felt terrible about that and so i went down to her apartment and talked to her i I need to deal with this one way or the other and it Mm -hmm. turned out that the problem really wasn't with me. She had just been through a dialysis experience. She was very dizzy. She wanted to, to ask me for help to get home and get into her apartment. And all she could see was my hair. And she didn't know how to deal with that. She was the kind of person who would either demand help from you or she mm-hmm. just couldn't ask at all. Um, and um, so that stuff came out. And um, I think it gave us both a new respect for each other. It's like, okay. Um, but at the same time, I hate to admit it, but I felt kind of superior to her because she's so worldly, but she can't even do a basic thing like ask somebody politely for help when, when she's in trouble. You know, I mean, oh. and, and I hate to admit it, but I kind of enjoyed that superior feeling. I mean, it, it sucks, but it's true. Like, ah, I gotcha. And because much of the time I'd felt ganged up on by her and mm-hmm. I felt bullied. And when you feel bullied, the natural is to want to punch that person back. And it's not necessarily a healthy reaction, but, you know, I just like, and, and I recognize it as wrong, you know, but I did feel that way. <laughs> well, just remember people who triangulate and people who bully, they are insecure people. They are really insecure people. And if you can figure out what that insecurity is, you don't use it against them. 
but you can gain compassion about and an understanding of their behavior. So then you can say to them, you know, I know that you're feeling really insecure about this. However, I'm not going to accept lashing out at me because of that or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. You, You can then be specific about their behavior and you can also validate how they feel. Well, you can say to them, you know what? I know how it feels to feel insecure. I felt insecure too. <laughs> and, and so that can be helpful. It can. I didn't think she'd respect weak emotions or what she would perceive as that because uh-huh. she struck me as such an angry person. You know? Or they may not welcome it initially or they may never welcome it, but at least they'll probably stop the behavior with you. They may not stop it with other people, but they'll probably stop it with you because when they find out that you're not going to participate or accept it, then there's no point. There's no point in continuing it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, the stuff we found ourselves in. <laughs> oh, I know. What a mess sometimes. <laughs> Other questions? Yes. Oh, excuse me. Um, Lauren, you may know on mute. Can you hear me? Hi. We can. Yes, hi. We got you. Um, great. Um, explain, please, what uh, triangulation means, because I had something like this, this this week. I mean, with everything going on, I, I, explain what it means again. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Explain to me, please, what, uh, by the way, these, these calls are really informative. I like them a lot. But explain to me again, explain, please, what uh, triangulation is again. What, the triangulation? Yes, she wants to know what that means, Jesse. It's when one person, if you think of the triangle, so you've got yourself and two other people, okay? So then you've got a person who is trying to uh, do something between two people. They're they're trying to create a wedge or they're trying to, you know, get that one person on their side and, and exclude, single the other person out. Something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, because uh, this this week I was speaking to um, an aunt of mine. I'm sorry I even called her because she's like one of the most difficult people I know. What's interesting is when when I was when I was a kid, we were like best friends. We like we, we would walk to you know, service to get temple to get synagogue. Whatever. Now she's like, you know, she would say things like, uh, "Do you still have your grandmother's um, stuff in 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 your in the front of your house?" You know, because I want it. And it's really my mom's. It really belongs to my mom. And all it's doing there is sitting there, you know, collecting braille paper and, and magazines and things like that. And and the, and, the, and the thing is, she wants, my mother really wants, it's really my mom's. And uh-huh. my aunt's putting me in the middle. And it's not to mention, she can't even come to the house. I mean, the only people that come to the house are the people in, in, in the pod, you know, that, come, that have been coming since March and it's no problem. My aunt can't even come to the house. And you know, and then, and so she's sort of, I don't know if she's the one that's triangulating, yeah, I guess, but, but like you said, I mean, she, it's true. She is insecure. I mean, my mom tells me herself that, you know, but, and, and the, the other thing is um, the other incident is always my brother, you know, this whole COVID thing, he's really, really, really concerned. Like I go, I go up uh, to, I'm on the second floor. I go up to the fourth floor where my father is. And he had COVID, but he had COVID a long time ago. There's no reason why I can't go up for meals and for Hanukkah. You know, we just have Hanukkah. And, you know, and, and, and my brother's saying, well, he should get tested. You shouldn't be going up. You're going to get it, you know, and you don't want to spread, you know, and, and, and my aunt too is saying, well, I don't want, I don't want to get sick. So uh, can I come to the house? You know, that kind of thing. I mean, 
it's it's like it's this whole triangulation. I don't know what's going on, but it's it's really stressful. It's really stressful. especially with all this with with COVID going on. It's it's really like what, what's the, the best thing to do about the whole thing, about the whole situation. Well, yeah, it does make it a little bit more difficult. Um, sometimes you just have to respect other people's beliefs or you know their their decisions. Um, but the best thing to do is make sure that you are out of the middle of the situation. You know, let them deal directly with whom they need to deal with. And if I'm still in, involved, what, what do they? What do I? What do I do? Or what if they just still kind of um, insist, or you know, on calling or insist on whatever, insist on, on keeping having me involved in, in somewhere? What do I do? I mean, to, you know, to sort of just let her know that you need to step out and uh, uh, allow them to deal with with each other, right? Because you don't want to be in the middle. And you want them to deal with, you know, the situation. Does that make sense? sense. You I don't even brother. have to be nasty about it. Just say, you know what, I need to, I need to step out here and, and allow you two to deal with each other. My brother, and with the other thing about going, you know, it's meals. I mean, family gets to get, you know, gatherings. It's a very small gathering, really, like three people, four people. Mm-hmm. It's not even anything. It's social distance. He's the most protective. He picks me up, and, and, and so I don't touch things. My father... Uh, and it, so what yeah. do I do? My, my brother is, is all, don't do it. Don't do anything stupid. I mean, yeah, that this, this whole COVID thing is another whole difficulty and another whole issue. <laughs> you know, I, it can make already not easy situations even more difficult. Right. Well, it does, yeah. And it doesn't <laughs> help because different people have different feelings and different beliefs about how they should manage themselves with COVID and you know, it can, it can be difficult. Would you consider that tri- triangulation? I mean, what he's doing sort of, it's getting me involved. Probably you know? not really triangulation because I, I don't think, you know, they're trying to do anything intentionally to drive relationships apart or do anything. I think they're just trying to, each person has a different way that he or she deals with COVID. And so, what you might want to do is see if you all can find a way to compromise that would work for everybody um, in some way. That's, that's sort of what I've started doing. Like I, like I, yeah. I go every, like every night of Hanukkah, I haven't gone it every night, just, you know, like a few nights and that's it. And, you know, and most of the time I do it on the phone or I do it on Zoom, you know, that kind of thing. There you go. Um, triangulation is more when a person has a, an intent. They want to drive two people apart or because they want that person to like them better than, than you. Or, you know, the, there's, some, there's some manipulation there for their own gain, not for everybody else, but for, for themselves. All right. Well, okay. thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Very informative. Okay. Um, <clears throat> all right, Teresa, I think that's you. You may unmute. Phone number ending in 974 begins with 501. Okay. Um, this is Teresa. Sorry. That's I, what I, I thought. Hi, Teresa. This. I was having trouble unmuting. Um, uh, okay. About 30 years ago, when I was, it was around this time of the year, in fact, I was going to uh, Lions World Services for the Blind. And unfortunately, sometimes you could find people that were still. Um, had childish ways and 
acted like children sometimes, and then you'd find, a, you know, true adults. Well, there was always a revolving, um, you know, people coming in, people going out, people coming in, people going out. About two months after I got there, somebody came that was new and didn't have any friends. And they, you know, I didn't, I didn't go out on a limb to befriend him. He just started following me around, wanted to talk to me and everything, and that was fine. Well, it was right around the time of Thanksgiving, and I was ready to go home. And, you know, I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm going home for Thanksgiving, but I'll be back. And when I got back, well, you know, I was happy that he was making more friends, but um, he just started acting funny altogether. And one time, one night, I made a fatal mistake of asking a friend of his, you know, what's wrong with, with um, so-and-so? Yeah. Uh, why, um, you know, he just seems kind of moody, you know. And he seemed like he was listening and he was talking to me and everything. Oh, boy, the next day, I didn't have to ask if he told him what. I, you know, I, it, wasn't, it didn't take rocket science to figure that out. That person just went and told everything. And you probably and learned real quick that that was a mistake. I, oh, I did. <laughs> I did, because three, three yeah. months later, that, that same person that, um, that went and told what I was saying, um, we went out to go to a movie, and um, he wanted to talk about somebody else. And he said, mm-hmm. she's starting to dip me off. And, um, you know, and I kept my mouth shut. I did not want to, I did not want to go there because I knew what he'd done before and I didn't want to find out again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the best way to handle that situation would have been to ask the person, you know, I've noticed you've really changed since I've been back and I'm just curious as to what's going on. And he could have yeah. either told you or he could have told you to mind your business or whatever. So you deal with that. Right. But, yeah. But at least you would have avoided that whole other situation. Oh, yeah. The second time was, <laughs> if I didn't learn the first time, I wasn't going to pay for it again the second time. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it really is a lot easier. When, when it's all said and done, it's easier just to go to that person and say, you know, here are my thoughts, here are my concerns, and I'd, li- I'd be interested in yours. They can either share with you and resolve the situation, or they can continue not to. But at that point, you know that you did all you could do without involving a whole bunch of other people. Now, if it's obviously something that you have to get resolved, like in a situation of a, a rehab counselor or something like that, then you may have to take further action. But if it's just you know, people disagreeing or people having difference of opinion, that's okay. They can have difference of opinion or a difference in the way they cope with things. And you go on with your life, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I, it may be very hurtful, you know, at the time, but you just... It was. Uh, absolutely. Wow. But I got through it. Absolutely, and, and that, you learn something out of it. So that's the important yeah, and part. And that one person that I was really concerned about ended up leaving, but it, you know, wasn't it was his cho- it was his choosing to um, leave. Yeah. Um, do we have any other questions? No, Jesse. We, uh, we at do some not... point uh, earlier in the presentation, somebody was asking something, and, oh. and I kind of interrupted them. Is that person? No, no, you you did not. 
Um, okay. I believe that person is no longer on the event. Okay. Huh? This is Mark. Yeah. Just, yes, just, Mark. Um, I just want to make a comment, and I, I was at Lions World too. But Lions World was a soap opera. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, um, and all those personalities mixed in to that one campus could be somewhat uh, wild at times. I think um, I was there for six months in the IRS training, and um, you know, but there were some people who knew how to stay out of the gossipy stuff and uh-huh. were there to do their thing, to, to get their, you know, certification or whatever it was. One person, especially I remember who had been in business at one time and, and was changing careers and was somebody I really respected because she just would not, she'd not get involved in that stuff. She would just, you know, she was always very pleasant. Hey, Mark, you want a cup of coffee? You know, but uh, she wouldn't get involved in any of that you know, craziness and just, exactly. yeah. And she knew how to do it. And I really respect you, you know? Yeah. It was kind of, but it was an interesting place. It was, um, at the time that I went anyway, it was pretty soap opera. <laughs> well, anytime you are involved in, I mean, you know, whether it's an ACB chapter or a convention or lion's world or a rehab center or whatever, when you get a lot of different people together, you have a lot of different personalities. And some people are mature, like that lady who just didn't get involved. And then some people have some growing up to do, and they need to learn that, you know, triangulation and starting gossip and different things. Really, it's not going to be all that helpful. So yeah, it can be hard to figure out how to fit in with all that. Well, uh, this is Lynn. If I just may um, make somewhat of a comment, um, as someone who has um, received four guide dogs, yeah. um, there's always one or two people <laughs> in the class that are, it, it's like it, they, they may not have had uh, time outside of their home. So there is always one or two people that everybody just wonders why they're there. And I think it, it, it's part of the drama, yeah, the whole thing, because you have a lot of times, I think um, you have a lot of people who are blind or visually impaired who may not have had the social skills outside of their home. And so, um, you know, yeah, um, the the second part of that, I mean, you see this even with sighted people in workplaces. Um, we typically interact with each other, and we'll talk about family and family roles in another se- session, but we typically interact with each other the way we were act, interact with our families. So people who are caretakers um, try to take care of everybody. People who are problem solvers in the family try to continue to solve problems, even though you don't want your problems solved by them. <laughs> um, people who are, are scapegoats um, typically continue to be scapegoats, although they may, because they're out of that environment, they may be trying really hard to, to be something different. They may have found that for the first time, 
They can be somebody different. And that's why you see, you know, when you go to guide dog schools or ACB conventions or whatever, some people's personalities do a little bit of a change. It's because they're trying out something new to see they're out of that family. And now they can maybe do things or say things that there's no way they can they can do in their family. Right. So that's why you see some of that stuff, too. And well, we do. it can create drama. It right. can also be a learning experience for everybody. Yeah. Because they can learn that, you know, when you behave this way, I'm not going to interact with you. Right. <laughs> so we do have another question, and Beth has another question. Hello, Jesse. Uh, I wanted to ask you, like, why would a person or people collectively prey on someone's insecurity to, um, I don't know what was their agenda, but there was this other visually impaired lady that couldn't have children, and she hated my first daughter because apparently they were trying to tell her that it belonged, that she belonged to her husband. And I'm like, you know, I'm your friend. I would not do that. Mm-hmm. But um, she did. She could not stand my first daughter. And even it even got to the point where uh, I found out supposedly she was praying that the baby would fall down the stairs. And I said, she did nothing to you. And if you're going to be that way, I won't come and visit you anymore. You know, what What could a one-year-old child do to you that you would hate her that much? Yeah. Well, it was probably a lot of jealousy. The baby was getting a lot of attention, and she wasn't. And, you know, the baby all of a sudden has a lot of needs, and babies require a great deal of attention. And sometimes people are very jealous of them because they're getting seemingly more attention than that person is. And maybe they are, you know? I mean, you have to pay a lot of I understand that, but I mean, she must have thought very little of me as a friend to think that I would go behind her back with her own, with her husband because I would not ever do that. Right. She, and, and she again, knew that, that I had a boyfriend. Yeah, that was her own insecurities. Um, again, she was try what she wanted to do and what she got probably was you know people reassured. Oh no, no, we care about you. We love you. We wouldn't do that to you. And then she was feeling like, well, maybe they do love me. Maybe they do care about me. But remember, it's really hard. If, if, if you don't feel something within yourself, and you don't feel like people love you, there's nothing in the world anybody can really do or say to make you feel that you are a loved person. And so you'll continue to do things time and time and time again to try to get that reassurance, but it really doesn't work because... You have to believe within yourself that you're a loved, worthwhile person. And and until people figure out, you know, that, they continue this this behavior, trying to get people to reassure them or care for them or take care of them or whatever it is they need because they don't feel within themselves that they are a loved, worthwhile person. Hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, that's how they can get manipulated by... By men, right? Because what happened was her first husband that uh, supposedly I went out with, her first husband ended up getting getting killed in a car accident, and she married this guy that was totally opposite, and he treated her. I mean, he 
took advantage of her in the worst ways possible, and it was exactly it was awful to see. So, but, um, you know, she just keeps trying everything she can do. It's kind of like, have you ever been in a really bad mood? Um, you you may not even know why you're in a bad mood. You just really are having a bad day. And it's one of those days that everything in the world goes wrong. You know, you pick up your coffee and, and the bottom falls out of the cup. You know, stuff like that. And so the longer the day goes, the worse your mood gets because all this stuff just keeps happening. And it's it's little trivial stuff, nothing major. But right. So you talk to your friend, and they're like, "Oh, cheer up! It's Christmas. You know, you need to be happy, and and we'll sing music, and we'll do this, and we'll do that." And you're thinking, "I don't want to cheer up." But then you talk to yeah, another right. friend, and they're all happy too. And so that's how it is when a person really doesn't feel like they're very lovable or that anybody loves them. Doesn't matter what people do or say. They're going to still feel the same way until suddenly the light comes on and you say, you know what? It could be worse. Um, I'm not going to continue to be in this bad mood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, ladies, I just ten- thought it was a very interesting situation. Thank you, Jesse. You're welcome. Thanks, Beth. It's 1054. So um, we do not have any more questions. All right. Well, um, you know, we've had a good discussion and thank everybody for your participation and sharing and listening. And um, we'll be back next week with another discussion of something. Again, if anybody has any topics, then please come up with them because I can't come up with all of them. Um, Please, please let me know in some way. Send a message to, to the ACB community list or... Just let me know some way. Send a message to community at acb.org, and Cindy will get the uh, messages to Jesse. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Desiree. Um, Thank you. 